All right. It is the last episode of 2023. For everybody joining, thank you so much for supporting the podcast this season, this year, this whatever you want to call it. Um, we are in the home stretch of 2023, and it has been it has been an amazing year. We're going to come at you today with our top, or with basically our five uh, best club, best manager, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, and our player of the year. Uh, those awards coming up from myself and Nick, and then also going to talk about the week that has been very, very busy, extremely busy week in England. Boxing Day, one of the basically, um, it's like the busyness is like the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament. I mean, it's crazy. It's like everybody's playing. They play Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and we had some massive upsets today. Arsenal once again shit the bed, and um, th- so we have at the midway point, Liverpool FC are your Premier League champions, 42 points, two points clear of Arsenal. Uh, yeah, top four, a little bit of a surprise. Aston Villa still up there. Man City holding on to fourth place, just moved back in the top four. So we have a lot for you. Uh, even though we're covering Italy and England today, we do have a special show as far as our lists are concerned, as far as our awards are concerned. We'll go into great detail about that. We'll also finish talking about the FIFA Club World Cup because we do have new world champions. And uh, Real Madrid has been dethroned. Manchester City beat Fluminenses to win the uh, FIFA Club World Cup in a predictable fashion. I predicted a blowout. It was a blowout. And, uh, yeah, the return, we're going to get back uh, the mutant and his little uh, redheaded buddy from uh, Belgium, Kevin De Bruyne, pretty soon. So City, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to uh, bolster up. They get an easy gimme match this weekend, Nick, I think we talked about. But without further ado, Nick, tell everybody how you doing, how you living. Welcome to the show, my co-host, Nick, sir. The floor is yours. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. We uh, had a good holiday. I think uh, um, big news in the household of me and Jennifer is uh, she switched her her uh, loyalty to Crystal Palace now. So there's a <laughs> what? She, yeah, she's made a decision, and For she what? Is, How did she, that come about? What the hell happened? So she she wants to be a London. She wants a London club. She says uh, she read the list of the squad, and she said this is her team. So now we are Crystal Crystal Palace supporters. Wait a minute, uh, I got to stop you right there. So you told her, you told her that she was going to have a life of agony and disappointment if she was a Spurs supporter. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out the logic here behind the switch to a team that every year fights off relegation. So yeah. where's the logic behind this? Are we are we just big uh Zaha fans or like what, what what's going on here? <laughs> you know what, man? It's kind of funny cuz I was like you're just asking for a different kind of pain. You're just This is this that yeah, I mean we're we're talking about basically no, until like three match days before the season, you could be dropping down to the championship type of pain. Tottenham's yeah, not going to sure. get relegated. Tottenham's never <laughs> going to fuck with relegation. So no, 
you know what? Maybe maybe she's hoping that Crystal gets relegated and then she, they could run championship and then she could cheer on like Lester do, is doing and just win every game, you know? Uh, I mean, the likelihood of that happening is like City getting relegated. So I that's mean, true. Yeah, Crystal's always Crystal. I'm telling you, they're 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 good to stay up. But yeah, man, I don't understand. But um, I gotta get her a kit now, man. She ran, I, I, what do you mean she ran through the like the roster of clubs in England? I mean, in London, no, or the roster of the of the players on the 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 actual players that play for the club. Like, what are we, so what are we she, talking about? So I've just been informed that she likes the jerseys. That's why she uh, she changed. Uh, yes, typical. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Um, and the jerseys. So so besides that news, Mister Curdy, we uh we were we were just enjoying some Boxing Day uh, uh games, man. Um, I I like your comparison to to the first week or so of the NCAA tournament because there's yeah. games all the time. That's that's probably one of the if you're a, a tournament guy, that week is probably the best week of basketball for you as a fan. Yeah, yeah. There's games from what twelve to literally midnight. From noon like, to midnight, yeah. Yeah, noon because you got the West Coast games and then you got the early games and that bracket yeah. just gets knocked down. So at least for three or four days, it's a pretty, pretty wild uh Wild show. So, yeah. yeah, the whole first weekend is awesome, and that's why Boxing Day and the weekend after is so awesome. Is because basically you have football from the day after Christmas, and then all the way like five days straight, or five or six days. Excuse me, five or six days straight, just nonstop action. It's always on your TV. You can find a game. You can sit down. You can watch ninety minutes of football and. Obviously, the best league in the world, bar none, and you're just getting you're 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 just getting your fix. I mean, you're getting your yeah. fix if you're if you're if you're a, a a football drug addict, which I know you and I are. You get yes. your fix with this yeah. with this week. This is the ultimate week to be a football fan, football supporter, whatever you want to call it, in the country yeah. of England because the championship, the Premier League, all of them are busy. Everyone's in action, and this is when we get we, we start the official second half of the season. Uh, this coming weekend, match day 20. So, yeah. as I said, Liverpool, after match day 19, they are top of the table. Um, we will discuss those matches. But, uh, yeah, I uh, so so the final follow-up is um, – so I'm, I'll be honest with you. I've never really liked Crystal Palace's kits. So she likes the red and the blue. Or what? Yeah, she, yeah, the the red and the blue with the little yellow. Yeah, man. I mean, I I think they're sharp kits too, and and their uh their third kit is pretty nice this season. So I guess it's a uh, yeah, man. We're it's official. I I support uh anything she okay. wants to do. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. Like, so who's that? Is it is it is it uh Fulham that has those pink kits? Is it the pink ones? I think so. You know what? It's funny. You say I actually that. really like those. No, they're nice. They're really sharp. You don't see many pink. You remember Palermo, Palermo with uh, um, yeah, with, yeah, with Cavani and and yeah. um, yeah, uh, Dabalia. They they were sharp. Uh, and um, Bellotti. Oh my God, they were so good too, man. It's yeah, so I really sad like that uh, pink kit that from pink. Fulham. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Yeah, they I would definitely. Playing, that, that's the that. match they were. Yeah, they were playing. Um, was it Newcastle? I think when they got uh, 
that early red card and they just went down. Yeah, yeah it was Newcastle because you and I yeah. were like, well, can Newcastle finally score a goal if they're down yeah. to 10 men? If Fulham's down to 10 men, they finally yeah. won a match. Eddie Howe got yeah. on the hot seat for like 10 seconds. Yeah, and uh, but I was like, man, I don't care about Fulham winning or losing. I was like, those kits are fire. Kips are sharp. Yeah, very sharp. Yeah. No, I like those. Yeah, they're a those dark hue. Upper, those are with Liverpool's purple third kit. Those pink ones, I think, are my second favorite from the Prem this season. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, they're they're definitely up there, man. Those uh those kits are sharp. I'm surprised Fulham went out and uh and took a shot with that one, man. That's uh that's that's surprising because because yeah. a lot of clubs stay away from the pink, you know. Like I think that Arsenal's yellow kits are trash. I think they're they're terrible. Yeah, I, I like their their home kit is nice. I like the red and the white with the gold accents, and obviously Liverpool classic all red with the white collar and the white uh the white trim on the sleeves. It's very nice. It's simple, but it's elegant. It's nice. Yeah. Liverpool's th- uh, third kit, which you have and Emily yeah, has, purple. and I have the purple. Is absolutely gorgeous. I think it is the kit of the year in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, it's trying to think about. Best yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying I, to think I, about whoever. So. Um, like Man United's away kits are absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. Oh the yeah, black and white. Uh, yeah, just it just complete trash. Uh, you know, just trying to think about the like Chelsea. Obviously, with the all blue, they always look good. I mean, that's yes. a, the the royal blue. Fantastic look for them. It's very sharp. It, I mean, yeah. it's it's simple. It's basic, but you can't you can't really screw it up, right? Yeah. Um, trying to think who else. Like I was looking at, like Crystal Palace is just always to me. It's like yeah, they're the always Buffalo Bills. It's like the Buffalo yeah. Bills. They're like red and the, the red and the blue. Yeah. Um, just simple. So, so yeah, I was gonna say like she could have chosen from like Brentford, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Fulham, I like Brighton. Brighton. I think yeah, doesn't. I was, I, was saying, I was saying Jennifer going to take in any one of those London clubs. Yeah, I think Brighton. Yeah, you're right. Doesn't Brighton have a yellow or is it pink? Which which does Brighton have? I swear to God, Brighton have a funny third kit that's like yellow or pink. I'm not yeah, sure, but that, you can look that up real quick because I'm not. I'm not I don't yeah. remember. Brighton. We're off, we're off here. Our start. We start the show by talking off about kits. I mean, it's, yeah, because it's it's holiday season, so it's a little bit, you know, yeah, it's slow, yeah, it's slow. Except in Italy and England, so you know, we're gonna talk a little bit, a little bit of smack, a little bit of, of nothing like kits. You know, I mean, everybody wants well, to treat us. The green and black. Yeah, they had a green and black. Yeah. That's. Yeah. If you want to tweet us at Beckham Basement, let us know what your favorite kits are for this season. Because oh um, yeah. Dude. Yeah, you got a sharp kit. Send it our way because we 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 both have a nice selection of kits. I have a yeah. Simba C kit that that I will fight over. You find a more rare kit than that, we can uh we can go toe to toe because that kit there was straight from Tanzania, and I don't know many people who get to go to Tanzania. So no, no, you got yeah. you got one one of the rarest probably like globally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, that, might, it that might be thing. it might be prominent in Africa, but it's not. Like you'll oh, never no. see anybody in our neck of the woods where you'll be the only person in South Carolina probably that has one. Probably oh, dude, gotta be. Think yeah. about it. Who in the world would have a Simba FC jersey? Jesus Christ. No, no nobody, one. unless you're from Tanzania and you like. Oh, exactly. Over, but yeah, because I, I, it's um, funny. I think I texted you. I saw a guy who came into work to pick up something, and he had a Ithiadad jersey. And I went up and told him I'd never seen that. And guess where he was from? 
Asia. Uh, Saudi, he, Saudi Arabia? Yeah, he was from that side, and I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. So, well, so I've always, uh, always like Enter's kits, Enter the Black and the Blue Stripes, uh, fantastic, beautiful colorway. They always class that kit up. They do different shades of blue sometimes. Uh, they use a darker blue. Sometimes they use uh, uh, accents like gold because gold used to be a part of their crest before they redesigned the crest a few years ago. Uh, Juventus and AC yeah. Milan both have gorgeous kits. Their home kits, that is, uh, the red, the black, and the white, and the black. And, yeah, yeah I mean, I've always liked uh, Fiorentina. They got the purple yeah. going on. Like they always have Roma. Roma, uh, I love the red with the yellow trim. They yep. always have something something uh, really nice to offer. And, you know, despite the fact that they're terrible on the pitch this year, I've always like two kits. I've always liked Napoli and, and uh, uh, Lazio. I like the color, like that sky blue. Yeah. It's really nice. Napoli's kits are usually always on point. But Lazio, with I think their crest is really great with the eagle. And I love their sky blue home yeah. kids because i just think it's uh it's subtle it's calming almost yeah for sure i mean so i mean so yeah. and then i think about like when you think about germany i used to go through i've always liked Gladbox kids yeah, I like the gold, the black. Yeah, the black and silver. Uh, they, yeah, but their but their traditional color, uh, black, green, and white. I just think that it's it's it reminds me of, like the Boston Celtics colorways. Yeah, I, I think forgot about really, the green. Yeah, green. Yeah, that's the, the primary color is green. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Gladbach. I would see. I wouldn't even. It's so funny, man. My my hatred to Germany because Bayern Munich just wins it every season. This season, I've gotten to pay a lot of attention to it, and I'm just catching up to the the fancy kits they have over there. I mean, I, I the Red Bulls have always been nice. I mean, even smaller clubs, Augsburg is an, is a nice, decent one. Like, I it's funny I've never gotten to look at them because I never have cared about top tier because Daddy always runs the show. RB Leipzig has great kits. I love the obviously Red Bull is the main sponsor. They are all over that shirt. Love that. Uh Dortmund, I don't know. I so they've gotten a lot of criticism for this kit this year, but I'll give them credit like they have the they have the the it's basically the city uh the skyline of Dortmund is on the kit. I thought I thought what I think it's Puma. I think Puma makes it I thought that was a fantastic design. You have, I mean, there's a lot of Dortmund supporters that shit all over that kit, and I think it looks great. I honestly uh, think it's one of their most creative kits they've ever had. Just, just me personally, like I, I do like I didn't the Dortmund know that. kit. This, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not going to rock it because they're losers. I mean, and they can't, they can't even be yeah, Augsburg when they or Mainz when they need to. But I'm saying, like, if if yeah. Dortmund, if Dortmund were like Union Berlin, or if Dortmund were like Rennes, or like Lens, or Monaco, or anybody but themselves, I think it would be yeah. a great kit. But I'm, <laughs> I, I don't support losers, so I'm not going to support them. But yeah. uh, still, beautiful kit, the black and the yellow, great colorway. And you know, the other one, like I think Leverkusen's kits this year, damn man, like yeah. love that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, we just need to pull the trigger and get it because I think they're gonna. We do. We honestly do. I just we need to, like support them because they're gonna take down Daddy. Yeah. And like, 
so in going over to Spain real quick, I look at, I was like, like, you know, my club there, they're in like purgatory. Deportivo La Coruña was on my club in Spain. They're in like the third tier. Yeah. And it's just, but I love their, I love their, their kits have always been great. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you can't like, I hate to say it cause I hate them, but like Real Madrid, the, the classic all white, you can't yeah. go wrong with it. It, it. It's, it looks, it looks great yeah. on any, any sponsor that goes on there. It looks great. It matches everything. Yeah. And that's like Barcelona reminds me a lot of crystal palace. Actually. Now that I think about it with the yeah. red and the blue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Valencia, Villarreal. I love those kits. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm jumping over to France, I'll say this, man. Jordan brand sponsors PSG. Yeah. And I think that since they can't like I I PSG always has good looking kits. Uh typically so and Marseille. Marseille always has yeah, good looking kits. I have kits. I, I have the Marseille kit. I have one. Yeah. Puma. Yeah. yeah. I have it's beautiful. It's sparkling and Absolutely beautiful. PSG, yeah, they're definitely on the up since Jordan took over. It's crazy that they did that too. Like, well, to that's think what about- happens when you have like Kylian Mbappe on your yeah. on your team. So Jordan yeah. Brand's going to sponsor a winner. Yeah, they're doing. They're partnering now. Like you have a lot of Air Jordans that are like or or shoes that are actually the PSG edition. So it's. I mean, yeah, all, all this stuff's happening. Around Jordan Brand with uh and it's PSG is is the, their partner with them so yeah but if anybody wants to tell us their favorite kit uh you know tweet us at Beckham Basement B E C K H A M B A S E M E N T at Beckham Basement and uh, let us know what your favorite kit is for the 2023-2024 season um yeah I think there's I think there's a lot of great ones this year and. Oh, and I'd love to. We'd love to to hear y'all's answer on that. Um, well, Nick, uh, let's actually get started with the podcast because we have a lot to cover in terms of English football. Not a lot of leagues to cover, but Italy was busy last weekend. England's been busy for two weeks. Let's talk about this though. Boxing Day. Let's set the stage, right? So, Arsenal start the week in first place. Liverpool in second. Aston Villa third and Spurs in fourth. So City were outside looking in and they get a hard fought victory over Everton yesterday. Liverpool go on the road. They tough it out. Goals from Nunez and Jota scored scored uh two, one early, one late. Yeah. And they get the two-no win of Burnley. Puts them top of the table. Uh, Man United had their best half of football this entire season. Yeah. So they're down 2-0. They've only scored 18 goals the entire season. They have to score one-sixth of their entire season output for goals in the second half alone to even consider winning. They do just that. They shock the world, honestly. Garnacho was fantastic. Two goals for him. That kid is the one positive I'll say about Man United. They, they, they have themselves, uh, if they can keep him and don't sell him, a future superstar if he stays injury free because he yeah. he has a, a a knack for the ball and a feel for it like most seventeen year olds don't. It's 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 a really 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 great uh, find for them when they've had so many bad transfers and so yeah. many bad investments. This is a kid that actually is seems to be the real deal. Unlike Rasmus, who just scored his first goal uh, 
in the Premier League. It took him yeah. 19 matches to do it. Yeah. Way too much money. Way too much money for a kid to score his first goal. Yeah, and they said that the monkey's off his back. But, dude, the monkey should have never been on your back that long. No. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Not for that long. So we had to wait. Um, so, But to give credit where credit's due, Man United take care of business at home. Yeah. 3-2 over Aston Villa. And so you're looking, Chelsea win, yada, yada. We're waiting on the big results, though, right? Today, Brighton versus Tottenham, West Ham versus Arsenal. Can Arsenal reclaim the lead by one point over Liverpool? No. They completely, completely shut down, meltdown, whatever you want to call it. 2-0, they lose to West Ham. West Ham now jumps Man United. They're in sixth place. Man United seventh place. West Ham, 10 wins, double-digit wins out of 19 matches. Would not have thought that before the beginning of the season. They have double-digit wins. They're in the top six. Um, let's see. Spurs get throttled by Brighton, fall out of the top four. City jumped them in the top four, so they're in fourth. Uh, Arsenal's the second with 40. Liverpool, 42. And Aston Villa, 39. It's bunched up. It's crazy. City has a game in hand. They could pull to within second place behind Liverpool with that match. Nick, we got to talk about this, man. Like, what, 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 what are you? I've seen Liverpool get five points over the last three matches. A draw against United, which was wasted. They didn't score a, a one-one draw against Arsenal, where they had a four-one advantage with in the second half on a, on a breakaway counter. They yeah. hit the crossbar. Trent does. That's the win right there. That's three points. That's very vital. But they don't score. It ends up in a one-one draw. And then they score two against Burnley, but I thought in very unimpressive fashion, looked very, very bad in the in the first 20 minutes of the second half. When Jota came on, they had a little bit more life. He scores from a nearly impossible angle to put the game out of question. But they're top of the table. Liverpool are in first place, but I got to tell you, it looks wobbly. It looks shaky. Yeah. I think that there's still problems with this front three. I don't know if Klopp still hasn't figured out the combination yet. But yeah. it, to me, they have a lot of injuries right now. They have no left back. Robertson's out. Simikas is out. They're having to play Gomez. They're having to play Kwanzaa. It's, uh, you know, Trent is almost, at this point, with the right back situation, You with, with no left backs, he's almost resigned to be in the back four. He's not going to go up into midfield unless he absolutely has to. Um, I think Liverpool right now are a teetering First place team. I'm not impressed with what I'm seeing right now. And you want to tell me otherwise? No, man. I mean, I I watch it just like you do, and I see it, man. I every match, you know, you're always going to burn your kits and stuff. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. I I get it though because they're so shaky. It's not like you're talking about a Liverpool who we were just speaking of who had. Hindo and and Gino and and Fabino and all these guys, you know what I'm saying? This is a shaky, yeah. shaky top club, which I can say in, in a good in a good way. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're total crap, but you're right, man. This is a city game in hand. I feel like there's no club who doesn't have any type of weaknesses and who could have a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. every club you can pick something out. Like Arsenal, okay, they can't finish. They're having trouble with defense. 
Liverpool, they're missing a left back, and they could they could afford a new center back, and that front three needs to get it figured out. Do you put Gakpo or Nunez? What do you do? Uh, okay, Aston Villa, they can't you know play away from home. What's going on? Like, there's something with all these top teams that you could say. And I agree with you, man. Liverpool got to got to figure it out. I know you don't think that they spend money in January, but I feel like you got to grab, you got to get a back. I feel like you grab a back and Klopp does his magic and figure out that front three and you really have an amazing chance, you know? Listen, they 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 started up front, uh sorry, up front. They started in the back, Joe Gomez at left back. Um yeah. I said this to Steven who came over last weekend and watched the um, – or sorry. Yeah, last weekend we watched the Arsenal match together. But I said there is no player on Liverpool's squad that has not fulfilled his potential any more than Joe Gomez. Yeah. Uh, former national team player. He was a do-it-all, be-it-all center back for Klopp, and now he's being basically utility player – He's being put in at right back. He's being put in at center back. He's being put in now left back because they don't have any left backs that can come in and play because yeah. they're all injured. And Gomez is timid on the shot. He gets he, – he, he's so he's always making, to me, the wrong decision in the attacking third. So either you shoot when you should pass or you pass when you should shoot. He's confused. He he hesitates. There's a delay. And, you know, one of the things they talk about when you go from an amateur sport to a professional sport is the – specifically, specifically like when they talk about like the transition from college basketball to NBA basketball, those that succeed, they don't have to think. They just instinct – they have instinct and they react. If yeah. you think, you die. Yeah. If you think, you die. Because the, 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 and that's the way it is with Joe Gomez right now. This is the highest level of football. This is the best league in the world. If you think you die, yeah. you have to instinctively, you have to, I don't think that's a word. You instinctively, instinctively, maybe that's it. Yeah. You have to know what you're going to do before you do it. And I yeah. feel like Joe Gomez is trying to figure out what he's going to do. In that very moment. Yeah, and like that I makes that too late. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. He's so indecisive, man. He's, he's, yeah, like when the ball is coming his way, he's just then deciding what's going on while Virgil van Dyke is 10 moves ahead. Like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's 10 moves ahead and Joe is playing and he's not thinking about what's going to happen after this or that. And then Joe's tripping over his own feet, dude. It's it's actually ridiculous. I agree with you. And I used to think highly of Joe a couple years ago. And now I'm like, dude, get this guy off the pitch. Like, please clock by somebody. Like, for the love of God, I do not want to see Joe back there. They just don't have anybody though, man. Yeah, it's um it it, it really is kind of uh a must that Liverpool go shopping. This yeah. January because I just don't God. see how you can exist with no backup right back. Actually, Joe Gomez is the backup right back, and he's playing yeah. left back because the two starting left backs, or the the starter and the reserves, Simicost and and Robertson, reverse order of that, they're both injured. So yeah. now you're forced to play a center back at left back. That was the backup right back 
Yeah. But can't be because there's nobody at left back. Yeah, there's that, no that, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I just went off the off. Yeah, that that, that should make total Dude, sense. Dude, that's but, how crazy it is. It's really it is. like that. And now you're taking Gomez away from center back, so you have one less of those. So you have to hope that Kanate doesn't get hurt, because if you, that happens, you're forced to play Kwanzaa, who's young and inexperienced. And yeah, you can start him against a Burnley, but you're not going to start Kwanzaa against City or. Chelsea or Arsenal, yep. who's coming back up here in a few weeks. No. So, I mean, they need to they need to figure out their 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 situation and 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 buy some some players for that for that back line. No, I agree, man. I feel like a back is a must, especially in a title race. Like you can't just ignore this. Like that whole puzzle and conundrum you just went through is really what's happening, and to not see that and address it. When you have an open window, when the title's at your reach, you're you're really like something's wrong. Like they need to have a chat with that sporting director. Like, bro, you got to do something. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, to me, it's just it's laughable at this point. You have to have you have to have players that are that play in that position and that are used to playing in that position, not a converted center back. To go, Joe Gomez is a is a uh, a serviceable solution for the short term. Yeah, but not long term. You're not going to win the Premier League title with Joe Gomez as your yeah. starting left back. And if he gets injured, which he's been injured many many times in his Liverpool yep. career, then what do you? Who do you? Then, yeah. who, who, then who is it? Yeah, what do you, do you do? Left back. I don't care if you have to buy one cheap off of Freiburg or. Uh, Montpellier or whoever the hell, somebody, get somebody who actually plays left back and knows how the position is to be played. It's someone that Klopp can say, "You're going to have overlapping runs. You're going to, you know, that you, I need a good passer, yeah. good, good, good cross player, flanker, whatever you want to call it, and someone who has some some vision and eye for the ball, and and not just Joe Gomez, who you pray to God he doesn't make some blunder or error in the course of the 90 minutes it's going to cost you yeah no i agree man i agree because this this decision in january i feel whatever they're going to do is going to be the league in my eyes like i honestly feel because think about it if one more back goes out then what are you going to do you got to play the kid and then you're going to fall apart so this problem doesn't get addressed, then you're going to leave that window open for Arsenal and Man City. I hate saying Arsenal. I'll, I'll say Man City. You leave the the title open for Man City if you do not address this issue. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so I wanted to, I want to close that out real quick. We so Liverpool, yeah, they I mean they dominated. Burnley didn't have a single shot on goal. They had nine total shots. Liverpool had 19. Ten of them were on goal. So I think they should I mean, it should have been way more than two nil, but it's you know the score is what it is. But let's yeah. talk about this, man. Like we start the weekend off seven thirty, the espresso or the coffee fixture, if you will. Uh, Nottingham Forest goes down one nil to uh, Newcastle, and then Chris Wood against his former club scores a hat trick, and all these goals come within fifteen minutes. Yeah, forty five plus one, the fifty third and the sixtieth. Um. Nick, let's talk about it, man. Newcastle, are they in trouble? Nottingham Forest, great win. What a fantastic win for them. 
Happy for Chris Wood. What a what an amazing game. But let's look at the bigger picture here. All the money, all the investments. Eddie Howe, he's your manager. He gets the praise last year for whatever. All right, where are we at, Nick, with this? Newcastle, hot seat for the manager, yes, no. What do you look at the future outputs? Because Champions League was a complete disappointment. They're out of Europe. They don't even go to Europa. They were in a spot where they could have qualified for the round of 16 on the last day. Newcastle, are we in a free fall or what, what's going on, do you think? I mean, I I said it on our last episode, man. I think I, I knew they were in trouble. I mean, just how bad they performed in the Champions League was a lot because me and you both thought they would at least give a good fight. Like, we thought Newcastle could come out of that, at least go into Europa. And I think they're they're in trouble, man, to have that hat trick happen and how it happened. I mean, they are on such a free fall. I would, I would think Eddie Howe might lose his job. I mean, if this keeps going, if you think about it, if Newcastle lose two, three more in a row, they are probably going to get rid of the guy. I mean, think about it. What do you think losing two more? So you lose five or six in a row. You don't think that's, that's enough to, to get the sack for Newcastle? Oh, I, I think it is because the Saudi investors are not going to, or the Saudi Wait. owners are not going to tolerate it. Nope, exactly. So, therefore, if so, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if these players aren't playing for them. If I just don't know these injuries are becoming a big problem, if they're playing maybe too much. Uh, but then saying that, it's funny because, like, everyone's playing the same schedule. Everyone is dealing well, with. Do you know? Let me let me let me tell you this right now, okay? Do you want me to tell you Newcastle's next three fixtures? Oh yeah, I mean it must be terrible. Okay, I mean, you're talking about Eddie Howe, Liverpool. I just won. So Liverpool is the first. Yep. Man City is the next. Oh, dude, he's done. And Aston Villa is the one after. He's going to United. He'll be United's next manager. So, so, so in succession, in succession, one, two, three, Newcastle United are playing the top team in the table, the third place team in the table, and the fourth place team in the table that are the defending champions. That's back to back to back. I could easily see Newcastle's getting zero points from these matches. Yeah, no, same. How are you going to beat those teams right now playing the way you are? Uh, he'll be United's next manager. Remember, I'll remember I said this. Okay. Yep. That's that's a very that's a very hot take, my friend. Um Dude. so the in the midi, in the meet in the meet, uh, in the interim, Jesus. Uh yeah. between Newcastle and Man City, they play Sunderland in the third round of the FA Cup. So I'm not really even counting that. They probably will win that, but that's not gonna buy Eddie Howe any more time. No. And and it, it, like they they go so then after that so after that it loosens up a little bit they get Luton then Newcastle plays Nottingham Forest who they just lost to so they have to go to Forest I believe yeah that's right then they get Jason Bourne and then they play Arsenal so it's not you know they get a quick reprieve but Arsenal is at the Emirates they play Nottingham Forest away I mean it. Yeah, I mean, January, February, they, they could be looking at like single digit points in those yeah. eight games. No, I agree. And they've been playing like crap, dude. They have been, it's hard to watch. I mean, oh, you, 
that one match, we were both like, oh my God, dude, are they even going to score? Like, it was so bad. I'm telling you, man, he's going to be the next. Eddie Howe will be the next big manager to be purchased and it'll or to be gotten, and it'll probably be United once they fire Ten Hag at the end of this season. So watch. Okay. I, yeah, don't. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Ten Hag in a minute. Um, I got we got to give these guys some credit, man. We haven't talked about them at all. We haven't even mentioned them except in like our maybe even predictions because we only try to predict the big games. And they're never in a big game. No, nope. but I have to. We have to give this guy. We have to give this little guy some credit. Uh, AFC Bournemouth, Nick, in their last five matches, draw to Aston Villa two two, beat Palace two nil, beat United at Old Trafford three nil, beat Nottingham Forest three two, beat Fulham three nil on the weekend. They have they are undefeated in their last five. They've won four of those five, and out of fifteen possible points, they have thirteen. Bournemouth now find themselves uh, in the top 10. They're in the top half of the table. Dominic Solanke, right? This kid, Liverpool reject, Chelsea reject. He's at Bournemouth. They're talking about him potentially being selected for the national team for the Euros because he's actually made that big of an impact. He could be a, a, a spell. He could spell Harry Kane at the number nine position, right? What are your thoughts on Bournemouth? Do you have like what? I mean, what an impressive run they're on in December. Yeah, no, your your boy, man, your 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 boy that y'all got rid of, man. He is. I'm telling you, if the mutant wasn't the mutant, he would be leading the league in goals right now. And hell, it's funny because the mutant's been out for like weeks, so he could be so far up. But I think they've been playing great, man. Jason Bournemouth, man, Matt Damon is running running the uh, <laughs> yes, Matt the, Damon is the. The Run middle the of the table, yeah. The the I feel like it's funny in the Premier League. I look at it like you have your top clubs, your your middle clubs, and then you got your teams that are fighting for the the relegation. And Bournemouth, the last few years, yeah, they went down on that little slip up, but they came right back up, and they've been that team to be in the middle, and they've seemed to kind of lean more towards that top, that eight, nine, ten spot, you know, and and it. Not to say it surprises me because the guys they pick up and the way they play has been really good, man. They've uh, they've become one of those middle teams, those out of relegation sides this season, and it's 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 great for that uh, for that that club. Uh, Dominique has been off the chain to say the least. I mean, he couldn't do anything at Liverpool, but for whatever reason, man, he's fit into this uh, this Bournemouth side and, and been playing lights out. I mean. Not to say they're, you know, going to go to Champions League or anything, but they haven't lost a match since they played City, and that was all the way at the beginning of November. So that's a hell of a streak. I'm just now realizing they haven't lost in like eight, nine matches, dude. Yeah, they're they're on they're on a hell of a run. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. What you got? That is crazy. So so uh, Dominique is only valued at 24 and he is literally, he's only 26 and he is two goals from the top scorer in the premier league. That is, mm-hmm. that is, I mean, that's a feat dude for someone like him who's 26 and he's been all he's, he's been playing for as long as he has. Um, why did Liverpool get rid of him? Was he just not? It, it was a situation where Firmino had the position solid on lock. And then after him was Divock Origi. Yeah. And so there was no, 
yeah. way for Solanke to really get in the squad because now you look at it and you're like, well, Liverpool should have held on to him. Yeah. Because Firmino's gone to Saudi Arabia and yeah. uh, obviously Origi went to AC Milan after that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, I mean, Solanke would have like been right up front there. Maybe if you have Solanke, you don't buy Cody Gakpo, you know, for yeah. instance. Like, but or, look, hindsight's, hindsight's twenty twenty. We could yeah. argue this or debate this all night. Yeah. But, um, but so, but, I mean, we just have to give Bournemouth their due. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're, I, I've watched them twice. I watched the Man United match and I watched the match last weekend. And I, they're playing fantastic football. I mean, I, I can't say anything about it. I want to give them credit where – Full credit, you know, because they're they're punching way above their weight right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, even at only twenty five points, but God, if they didn't go on this big stretch, they would have been fighting relegation, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. Think about um, like Nick. What about the? Let's talk about the Man United match real quick. Uh, talking about giving the devil its due. Yeah, uh, you and I both watched this. You turned it off in frustration. You said, "Yeah, fuck this." I'm I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I watched it all the way through just to, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, we're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's, you know, well, look, um, I said this, I, I've said this on the show, right? Like, you know, give, give, give them credit where credit's due. Um, Garnacho is the real deal. Like they, and that this kid's 17 years old, he's got a terrible haircut, but, um, he, he has a nose for the goal and a neck. For playmaking and you can't teach that there's like this kid is so raw still but he's really good and if you yeah. give him service unlike rasmus he can score he can deliver um i gotta say i mean united responded when they were down two nil they responded in epic fashion and all these players, I mean, they said it at halftime when Man United were down 2-0. Yeah. I heard the two Robbies say, this. these players are not playing for Seven Hawk. Yeah. They want not him hard. out. They're going to yeah. They're gonna tank. They're going to tank. It's Tankathon 2000. Yeah. And they're going to get the manager sacked. Yeah. And then bring in your pine kids, I guess, or whatever. Or, or you're, they're going to bring in uh, Hansi, Hansi Flickster. <laughs> I don't know. But, but I'm saying – you have to like for for thirty for thirty minutes. United looked like a really good football team. So, yeah. what, what, Nick? I mean, I know you turned it off in frustration, but what? Like, what, give the devil its due. Like, what do you think here about? I mean, that was here's the thing. Even in that post match interview that they interviewed Bruno Fernandez, and you know he talks about consistency. Okay, so you had one half of great football, Nick. But you've scored 18 goals all season going into the match. You scored three in the second half. Now you have 21 for the season. You still have a negative goal differential. Um, does your do your thoughts on United change at all after this performance? Are you or or is it? Hey, do this two three matches in a row, and I'll believe what I see. No man, it um. I had a United fan texting me, and I told you when he texted me, I said I knew this was coming. Because I talk my trash a lot, sure, but I mean it's it's surely due. Um, he he said it he said it best, man. He said uh, 
He said that was heck of a finish on the Ganacho stuff. He said this will give Man U enough false hope to keep them from doing the big changes they need to. And I said, you are spot on, man. I said, it's a Band-Aid over a cut that actually needs stitching. This is nothing but a Band-Aid, dude. There's big problems, big issues. They got sliced with a butcher knife, and they put a little Band-Aid on it. It's still leaking out the sides. Now, mind you, it's dripping. It's it's leaking everywhere. But that little Band-Aid might have saved this person for a little bit longer. And that person being Seven Hog. I mean, the guy... Yeah. The guy will end up crumbling. This just showed you that, yes, can they play together? Of course. Why they don't, who the heck knows? Something's wrong with these players, uh, obviously. And they did good that second half. Now, you could also ask yourself this. What happened to Aston Villa? I mean, you you can take United out of the equation and ask yourself, you had a 2-0 lead. What happened to you? Did you really need Tyrone Mings that bad? Like, what was the issue? What happened to where you just crumbled and fell to a team that only scored 18 goals in, what, 18 matches? Like, 19 matches? You you fell apart. Aston Villa, I'm sorry. That that could have been the, the number one spot for you. I mean, if they would have won that match, they would have been up, right? They would be over Liverpool right now, correct? Or would they yeah, be tied? They'd, they'd be level on points, but behind yeah. the goal differential. Okay, so still, you're, you're still looking at a, a big drop-off of what it could have been. So, I mean, you, it could go either way. I still love what the United fans said. I said, this is just going to prevent them from making the changes they need. And I agree with it, man. I mean, we can give Granacho his, his, his props. It's funny, I watched him in the Champions League for Atletico Madrid. I remember I was in school for uh, associate's degree and I was in probability and statistics class and I actually had this game on I don't know why it was like 9 a.m and I remember seeing him just score these goals and I'm like holy cow sure enough here he is now 18 19 and he's just dropping these these amazing goals playing very well for United but he's just on a crap side I mean, he. it's funny, he almost sold for a million dollars as a youngster on an under-20 team, so you know he was going to at least be decent. But it's United, man. You're you're covering up a slice with a freaking one-inch Band-Aid, and uh, eventually it's just going to come off, and you're going to you know fall back down to the floor where you belong. Well... So, so you're in, you're in wait and see mode with United. You're, 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 you're yeah, to, I don't, yeah. this doesn't change how I feel, dude. This is yeah. more Aston Villa for me. This is more what, where did you falter? Because you shouldn't have faltered because you're better than this. United mm-hmm. is crap. What happened? What Dracula needs to get these guys, come out his coffin, call them around it. And he needs to talk to these guys and figure out what happened mentally to where you let this side do this to you because it shouldn't have happened, man. You're up to nothing. I know it's the most dangerous scoreline in all of sports, but I just, there, there's no excuses when you're in a title race and Aston Villa and title race don't go together. I mean, I remember watching Aston Villa fighting in the championship playoff four years ago. I mean, Stevie G had him almost in relegation. I mean, I'm going to get more on Dracula later, but this is, is something I'm looking at Aston Villa and they should have 
totally taken control of this match and showed them who the boss was, and they didn't do that, and they paid for it, man. They paid for it. They certainly did because it, it it keeps them in third place behind Arsenal. They did. Yeah. They they obviously got no points from it. They would have been in, uh, joint first on points with Liverpool, but behind on goal differential, so they'd be in second right now. Yeah, and they would be five points clear of Man City. So yeah. n- right now, Man City with a game in hand. If they won that game, they would jump Aston Villa by one point. So you know, for Villa. It, it, this this was a this was this was a massive loss, especially for self destructing. Yeah, massive fumble, man. This is one of those games where, like you said about the Luton draw, it's like one of those games where you can look back and say, "Hey, look, see, this is where you've messed up." Yeah, for absolutely. So that that takes care of Tuesday, Nick. Now Wednesday, uh, you know, in in, in eventful play. Chelsea beat Crystal Palace, big deal. They still yeah. looked very, very poor in a 2-1 win over Palace. Wolves beat Brentford, uh, not much to go with here. I mean, Wolves are in 11th, Brentford's in the 14th. Neither one of them are in danger of being relegated, so it's all like two mid-table sides. But uh, Man City drops behind Everton 1-0 and then go on to score three unanswered. The, you know. Um, they showed some heart. They showed some resilience. You know, Man City this season has been underwhelming at times. And if they went down 1-0, a lot of times at best they would just get a draw. But they came back yeah. in the second half, led by Foden, Alvarez, and Silva. And they they, they get, you know, and, and Everton are, are a good side. They've been playing great football lately. So yeah. this is a big win. This is a big win for Man City, especially after falling behind one nil in the first half and, you know, conceding first is not always a good spot to come back from, you know? So what are your, what are your, um, what you think about this second half from city? Cause they, they basically did what United did. They scored all three goals in the second half. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched it. I watched it all, man. They, uh, God, man, Rodri, Rodri gifted, uh, Everton a goal. I mean, you you almost want to check his bank account. I mean, he made a horrible, I think it was a horrible forward pass or something. He he made a horrible choice, and Everton scored a goal on it, man. And they went down. And uh, I tell you, Man City and clean sheet doesn't go together in the Premier League. They cannot stop teams from scoring, dude. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, you could honestly take it every match and you're going to be a winner because because City's going to give up a goal. It, it, you don't know where, what's going to happen. Like I said, Rodri gave them a goal and, and every match it seems like something's happening to where a team scores on them. But that second half was a beauty. I mean, Bernardo did his job. Uh, Alvarez, everybody played well. And, uh, you know, I think you were telling me 2-1 and I said I should bet 3-1 and we were both right. I mean, City yeah. came back and did their job. No, uh, only re- the reason I was questioning, I was starting to question it at the beginning is because City just looked so bad at, at the beginning. Um, Alvarez missed a good chance and then Rodri had the bonehead play and I'm thinking to myself, like, is this a game where City fumble it? And of course, I was corrected pretty quickly. Well, I told you, I never, I never was worried about this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was just, I, I guess that spell of play had me thinking, like, damn, is this going to be the one they hiccup? But I, I, of course, they came back, did their job, 
uh, city to get to was was simple and easy, and uh, should have bet the one three crack score. Uh, Kevin's supposed to be coming back. He's training. Stones got hurt again. I'll say it on the podcast. I think if Stones doesn't get better and come back, I don't think City will be able to win the league. I think they're going to miss him too much. And uh, I don't think they they will have much of a chance. Um, now, they'll still come close, but I think Liverpool will get that extra edge. Missing someone like Stones, who's your, you know, almost your player of the, the year. I mean, the guy is is doing everything Pep needs. He's playing that, uh, that role uh, very well. We saw it against Inter Milan. I mean, he's pushing forward and just playing so well. He's, he's everywhere. I mean, the guy, the guy is literally MVP and, and he got hurt and hurt his, uh, hurt his ankle again. So we'll see how that goes, but Kevin's coming back and, and we're going to be expecting a, uh, a good, good tight finish here. City have some good, uh, city has Sheffield coming up and then I think it's easy town for them. Right. Isn't it? Sheffield and then uh, maybe Newcastle or something, did you yeah, say? Yeah, Newcastle, Burnley, Brentford, Everton again. Oh, God. Chelsea and then Bournemouth. Yeah, so so City could honestly win seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're going to beat Sheffield. They're a three-goal favorite. And uh, Chelsea, I don't see another goal. It gets, it gets rough for them in March, so they're, they're – yeah. Their five, their four league games in March are Man United, Liverpool, Brighton, and Arsenal. That's that's yeah. a tough stretch. Yeah. So yeah, that that stretch there will tell more. I feel like uh, they're going to be, you know, top two, three here real quick. They're already a game back. They'll get that, and then they'll. I don't know if they'll move when they beat Sheffield. Will they move any? Um. 37th or 8th. Yeah, they'll move yeah, into 40th. Yeah, 40th. They'll move yeah, into they'll second. 40 points. Yeah, not 40th. I mean, yeah, they'll move into second with 40 points. Yeah. Do they have the goal difference over Arsenal? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. yes. So they'll be in second, and then we'll get our first and second battle, just like we've been calling uh, all season. So, yeah, they, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I feel like, you know, we never talk about Arsenal winning the title because we feel like they'll just move aside. And that that result today showed that, but I think City will be up there, just 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 fighting like they do every season. Well, let's talk about Arsenal. So they had a chance. It was the final match day of the holiday season in terms of Christmas. Yeah. Tuesday, Boxing Day kicked us off. Wednesday, the twenty seventh, and then Thursday, the twenty eighth, closed us out. Yeah, Brighton beat Spurs. This is kind of surprising on the scoreline, but Brighton at home, uh, they're a very they're a very tough team to beat a, a, away. They beat Tottenham 4-2. But let's talk about this. Arsenal with a match against uh, a West Ham at the Emirates. So they're at home. They have a chance to go up. They have 30 shot attempts to West Ham's six. Eight on goal to West Ham's three. They had 74% possession to West Ham's 25.8%. I mean, West Ham never had the ball. They never got it. They never got anything going up front. It was basically Arsenal the entire game, 75% possession if you round it up, and yet they get shut out. Those 30 shots do them no good. They lose at home in a pivotal match. They could have gone top of the table by one point over Liverpool. Instead, they they crown Liverpool the fall champions or the first half-season champions, and they themselves do not get any points. They stay second 
a, a, a nose hair ahead of Aston Villa. And look, they're already talking about Arsenal in terms of, you know, Arteta said they need goals, not better technician to win or te- technical skill to win the game. And here's ESPN. Arsenal sure didn't look like Premier League title winners in the loss to West Ham. And then they're also talking about do Arsenal need to sign a striker yeah. to sustain their Premier League challenge? Uh, so let's go back to this, right? Like uh, where this was a, this was a clutch a clutch game for them and a choke of a loss. Oh yeah, the title is not going to be won this week, but it you always want to be in first place if you can be, even if it's by one point, even if you're tied but you're ahead on goal differential. You want to be in first place. You want to be chased, not the chaser. Yeah. Arsenal had a home match against their London rivals, West Ham, and they completely blew it and stay in second place. And Liverpool now have all the advantages over Arsenal for the rest of the way of the season. And that's why we don't talk about them. We talk about City. We talk about City being the challengers. Aston Villa is a great story. Arsenal could be, but they're not going to sustain it. And no. they dropped a massive ball today, Nick. Talk about this match to me. What did you? What are your takeaways from Arsenal versus West Ham, especially what was at stake? Yeah, Rice. Rice had probably the worst game of his Arsenal career. I mean, the guy was the guy was terrible. I understand possession and whatnot, but watching the game, he was. It's like he was playing for West Ham. It was bad. Um, Odegaard cared more about his hair than he did the match. I mean, I saw him flipping his <laughs> yeah. hair back. I'm serious, dude. It's crazy. And and people are people are actually talking. I was surprised. I watched a, a reaction or not a reaction a um, a match. Yeah, match reaction by a good Arsenal guy. And it's funny he brought up Odegaard and his hair because he was flipping it every two seconds, but yet he couldn't make a decent pass. So Saka can't finish. He's overrated. I don't care what anyone tells me. The guy cannot finish. Gabriel, uh, nobody there can finish, man. Um, if they do not get a striker, they can go ahead and just take their champions league exit again. I mean, they're not, they're not going to win champions league. Everyone knows that. So they just want it for the owners to be able to get money and for their fans to say, we finished top four. Um, where the glorifying top four comes from is all TV and money. Like us as fans shouldn't care about it because it's not a trophy. But for whatever reason, Arsenal is one of those clubs where top four is almost like something they covet. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you don't get anything for it. But here, Arsenal fans are bragging about top four finishes when it doesn't really matter. You don't get a trophy. All you're doing is winning money for your club. Sure, you could buy people, but Arsenal don't really they're not really going to do much in transfers we don't see you know sure they got rice that was big and they'll get gabrielle of course that's a little one but you don't hear arsenal buying the big names and whatnot so all you're doing is making your your owner's pockets fatter but back to this match it was terrible i mean they could not finish to save their life they could add open nets and i feel like they'd sky them just today was not the day for them all that possession all those shots and literally no one could finish their food, man. They mm. they full plate full plate of food couldn't do anything with it, and and that's why Arsenal's Arsenal. 
they need to buy a striker. If they don't, I promise you, they're done. Yeah, this is uh, this was a pathetic display for them, especially with what was at stake and all the advantages they had over West Ham in terms of statistically yeah. and probably quality-wise, and they just could not get the job done. So West Ham jumps in the top six, Spurs fifth, City fourth, Villa third, Arsenal second, Liverpool first. Uh, Nick, real quick, this weekend we have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday uh, before the Premier League takes an 11-day break. Saturday, Luton, Chelsea, Aston Villa, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Brentford, Man City's uh, playing Sheffield United, Wolves, Everton, Nottingham Forest, and Man United. Sunday is Fulham and Arsenal. So Arsenal again with another London derby. They're playing their uh, uh, rival somewhere across town, Fulham, but they're playing at Fulham. Tottenham at home against Bournemouth. One team right now you do not want to play is AFC Bournemouth. Liverpool at home against Newcastle on Monday, and we close out everything with West Ham hosting Brighton. Nick, what are the what are the uh, key matches you see for this uh, final match day of 2023 in the Premier League and the first match day of 2024? Liverpool Newcastle, man. I feel like that's probably that's, the biggest that's match. The match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it has to be because because you got to think about it. You got a job on the line. You have title on the line. Uh, so much at stake. Um, I mean that that's honestly the the match that's on New Year's Day at three o'clock. That's honestly the match that I would I would want to see. I mean, all the other matches kind of don't have these implications. You have title hopes on the line. You have job on the line. You have Newcastle's. Uh, uh, form on the line like this means so much and and sadly I don't see Newcastle being able to handle going to Anfield and getting a point so this is going to be when questions are going to be are going to be starting to ask you know do do you get rid of 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 Eddie or do you keep him so I feel Liverpool and Newcastle is a big one Tottenham, Bournemouth, Bournemouth's on such good form. Can can they keep it up against Tottenham, who just gave up four to to Brighton, who who uh, are missing so many people? I mean, Brighton had a I think an eighteen or nineteen year old score today. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I have to say those two matches are probably the only ones on the slate for that round. Um, I don't know if we spoke about do we do we talk about the uh, next round or are we just talking about the next? No, so, just this weekend because okay, they go yeah, on, they go on hiatus until January thirteenth. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, Li- Liverpool, Newcastle, West Ham, Brighton's in, and but I would say you know Nottingham Forest and Man United is is that that uh, would yeah you you're right because United's so bad away uh, Nottingham can actually. Uh, do good, I think. I think Newcastle. I think uh, Nottingham uh, could come away with something here. They don't have the best of of defense, but it's United you're talking about. Um, I think Nottingham just fired their manager too, didn't they? Are they on the new? They're on new the, manager, yeah. Yeah, they're on the the new manager bounce is what they call it, where where you get a new manager and then they're hard to beat. So. So yeah, those three matches I'll probably I'll probably watch. I mean, Liverpool, I think I'll be in Sumter for that day, so I'll probably have to keep an earbud in and just listen, but I will definitely have my eyes on Fulham Arsenal, Newcastle United and the uh 
Hell, that's it. Yeah, I might check in on West Ham and, and Brighton, but Liverpool, Liverpool, Newcastle's the 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 marquee matchup. If if uh, I feel like if you don't agree with me, then you're just you're crazy. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. And we will see what comes out of that big weekend in England for sure in terms of uh, table movement. So we'll see if the teams that are playing the underdogs can hold serve and get the three points, such as City and Sheffield, for example, and Chelsea and Luton. Or we'll see if there's some upsets. But Liverpool and Newcastle have uh, massive ramifications. So um, let's switch to Italy real quick. Uh, last week was, uh, again, pretty big week in terms of the table in Italy, Nick. We had a, a massive matchup between Roma and Napoli, which Roma won 2-0 at home at the Stadio Olimpico. And you know, it was Pellegrini and Lukaku getting the, uh, the, the two goals for Roma over Napoli. Napoli now in a complete free fall, really. Um, Inter took care of business against Lecce. 2-0, easy Jan Bissak and Barella score for Inter. They're top of the table by four. Juventus did beat Frosinone. Uh, we said it was going to be a you know, one-goal struggle. They get there 2-1. They, you know, Juve are doing it very dirty. They're just winning and grinding matches out. But Bologna, kept, they held serve. Big home win for them. Lewis Ferguson scores the only goal of the match over Atalanta. Bologna still in a top four position, which means Champions League for them. And then, of course, on Friday, it was Lazio over Empoli, Genoa over Sassuolo, Fiorentina over Monza, and Milan draws with Salonitana. So that's yeah. another uh, – yeah, Bologna now two points behind Milan after that. Salonitana is the worst team in the league, 20th place, nine points, and – they drew with Milan. Big, big miss for Inter Milan. They don't. They they lose two more points now to Juve. They find themselves seven points back in third place. And like I said, only two points ahead of Bologna. Fiorentina thirty. They're one point off of top four. And Roma at thirty at twenty eight are three points off top four. Big win for them over Napoli last weekend, who were in seventh. And now Nick Napoli defending champions four points out of the top four. What did you make of Italy this past weekend? Um, AC Milan, man, they were down 2-1 and struggled. And uh, they were very fortunate to get that late goal. Uh, it's funny, they played so few days ago. I've been watching so much England, I almost forgot about these. And I'm telling you, they were very fortunate to tie that match. Um, Luca. The Real Madrid superstar and Frankfurt legend uh, came in and scored a goal for Milan and uh, got them the point. But uh, Napoli, man, Napoli's in a fall. I don't know what in the world is happening, but Napoli is uh, is in some trouble, dude. I don't know if it's manager what's going on, but they look atrocious. I mean, they've lost two in a row. Not to mention they've lost five out of the last seven matches. Yeah. Uh, this is not good. And and actually, I mean, they they play Monza tomorrow, and it's almost like 
you you think they should blow them out or win, but you're almost scared, you know, to to think if they can get a result because they've been so bad, and they just lost to Fresnazone at home four to nil. So uh, it's just hard. It's hard to to trust Napoli and and Roma played such a. Uh, Hard fought match uh, to get to get the two nil. I mean, it was yellow card city in that game. There was literally like eight yellows before the red card came out, and then Pellegrini and Lukaku scored for Roma to win that match. But it was a feisty one, man. I don't think I've seen that many cards in a match in so long, man. Because you had the managers also got got carded. So yeah, it's a fight in Italy, man. Um, I'm happy for Bologna. They're, I'm glad they're up there. I hope they stay. And uh, I, I would love to see them in Champions League. You got to admit, man, to see them go to Champions League would be something. Yeah, I mean, that's the same as like Union Berlin going. You know I mean? Yeah. It's, but it's a great story so far, but we'll see if they can hold it. Uh, I watched the, not, the Inter match last week, and that's the one, like, you know, again, I can't say anything bad. I've told you I love this squad from top to bottom. They're just such a complete squad. They have such a good midfield. These players are unselfish. They they have a num- any number of players that can beat you week to week. And I love the three five two. I love what Inzaghi's got going on here. It's yeah. I mean it's it, it's it, it's quite amazing what he's been able to craft with this team. And again, you know, they have players off the bench like Alexis Sanchez can come and make a difference. You have uh, you know, yeah, uh, uh, um, Davy Klassen, who came in for Mikatarian. I mean, there's there's a uh, Fratesi midfield, uh, and and of course they have Benjamin Pavard coming off the bench. You know, he he uh, came in for Carlos Augusto. Yeah, this is a complete team. They're deep. They're they're experienced. Well These managed. Players were the well managed. They played the Champions League final last season. They won a Scudetto uh, three years ago. And they look primed to win it again this year, which would be Inter's 20th Scudetto in club history. Nick, tell me. I mean, I'm trying to find a reason not to like this team, and I can't find one. No, I can't either, dude. I I enjoy everything about him. I really do. Marco Arnautovic. Yeah. West Ham. West Ham legend. I just – I agree with you, man. I can't find any reason to not root for him. I really hope they go deep in Champions League again. I mean, to see them win it would be something. I mean, I'd be so happy for them. Um, yeah. Barella playing lights out. He got a goal last match. I mean, there's nothing bad. It's really hard to find something negative here. I mean, think about it. They lost to Bologna in the um, Bologna in the uh, in the cup, but. That's just one less, you know, competition for them to worry about. Their last match they lost was to Sassuolo, and I mean that was a, a fluke. You know what I'm saying? That that should have never happened. But besides that, they're absolutely lights out, man. And I love uh, your boy from from Germany. Um, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Thurum. I love him. I mean, Marcus. Yeah, Taram, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he coming from uh Gladbach. I mean, yep. he's he's been playing very well to get seven goals, six seven goals and six assists. Not to mention the goals, but the six assists. 
I mean, and Inter doesn't score that many goals. They'll get you two, one, two, maybe three. So for him to have that that stat line is is pretty amazing, man. Uh, I didn't know Turan uh, was only twenty six. Uh, yeah, young player, great pickup for Inter. He's he's fit. He fits them like a glove. Plays up front yeah. in that three five two with uh, Lautaro Martinez. Yeah. So they have a great one two punch. Uh, let's quickly talk about the uh, so Jose Mourinho's redemption here. They've been a they have a huge match against Napoli. They uh, Lukaku Pellegrini, like I said, scored the goals. Lukaku got it late to clinch it in the 90th plus six. Big win for Roma. We talked about Napoli and free fall, but let's talk about Roma for a second. So, can do you think that Jose can do the uh, unthinkable and get this team back in the Champions League or? You think it's? Do you think it's going to be? This is more of a Europa League side. I mean, I guess that depends on if uh, if Milan or or Bologna they they drop. Man, I mean, you're 28 points. You're three behind the Champions League spot. I feel like you got to give Marino the the uh, the edge there. Don't you know with the with the the experience the knowledge everything he knows and he has a decent squad too it's not like the guy's working with a crap squad this isn't united in 2017 like the guy the guy has a decent squad and uh and he can coach man he can manage and he can he can do anything it just all depends on i don't think fiorentina i don't I think they can easily pass them. I think it, Roma is going it could get in that Champions League spot, but it's all going to depend on if Bologna can uh, can stand up there. You know, if if they can keep on winning, squeaking out these these results, then of course Roma can't catch them. But you got to give the edge to to Jose. I mean, he's the great one. You can never count any of his sides out. Yeah, and again, he plays another classic three-five-two, and yeah. you know, Hard to score it, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's got you know on on his team, uh, Spinazzoli, Lukaku, Pellegrini, Andrea Pelotti, Steven Elstrawi. I mean, Diego Lorente, Rui Patricio. So that's I, yeah. I mean, this this Roma squad's got some talent. I didn't even name all of them, but that's just just to name a few. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think they're, I, I, I don't know if Bologna is going to be able to hang on. I think Milan will probably get their proverbial crap together and they, they will, they, but I think Roma are the biggest threat with Jose Mourinho's experience, like you mentioned before. Yeah. To jump somebody or steal a top four spot at the last minute to get back into the Champions League yeah. for next season. Absolutely. What's going on with Oshiman? I mean, Dude, he got a red card, man. I don't know. Yeah. He just signed. Apparently, he signed a new contract. I swear it's like a, it's like a, uh, like a sitcom over there or something, man. Because he, it's always something with Oshiman, man. He's always in the news. Always something going on. I feel like he just needs to freaking leave. Um. Yeah, because he's apparently signed a new contract, like sixty mil or something. Yeah, yeah. And and here he is getting a red. Napoli's in a free fall, losing five out of seven. They got a a match coming up tomorrow here in almost twelve hours. Like, I just, I it's it's hard to think why he's staying because of all this turmoil going on. But then apparently he's happy and he's signing an extension. 
I think he needs to go. I would love to see him in the Premier League or, or you know, on somewhere else. I mean, Robert's going to leave Barca. God, could you imagine Victor going there? But they don't have money. So it's just, I don't know. We might be stuck with seeing the Nigerian. Uh, definitely, on- yeah, yeah, they don't. Barca does not have any money. Nope, they sure don't. So I don't know what's going on with Victor. We'll see tomorrow. I feel like tomorrow he's at home. He should start. Let's see if he can turn it around and get Napoli a freaking a win, dude. Yeah, well, speaking of getting a win, we'll, we'll switch over. We'll segue here to the FIFA Club World Cup. And what were your thoughts? I mean, we, we, we talked about this match last week. I said Fluminense would get just absolutely destroyed. I called it. I said it was a 4-0 or 5-0. City ended up winning 4-0. They put it out of doubt very quickly. And yeah, so FIFA, the new uh, FIFA uh, club, sorry, FIFA club world champions, Manchester City, they did it in spectacular fashion. So yeah. Nick, what were your thoughts on this match? I mean, I look like the, it looked like the Brazilians were just completely overwhelmed. Yeah, they were just too much talent. And I think City wanted that patch. I think they, yeah, yeah. I mean, not much to really, I watched uh first half and uh <laughs> Alvarez scored the fastest goal in FIFA World Cup history, Club World Cup, excuse me, 40 seconds, and uh, it was over with, dude. Fluminense didn't stand a chance. You got to think, man. I mean, it, it was it, just the money gap and everything. It's like a Rolls Royce playing against a Toyota Corolla, like a 2001, you know? <laughs> 2001. It's, it's on it. Make it's sure, right. yeah, make sure you put the, 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 the year as old as dirt in there. Yeah, it's riding on a donut. Like, it's already had, you know, the, the radiator shot. I mean, it's just you're, you're too much talent on the city side and just too much money and just, yeah. just too yeah. much. I mean, it would have been a great Cinderella story, but Fluminense didn't stand a chance. I didn't even like them, and they didn't even win Brazil. I mean, they just won the, the Libertadores. I feel like Palmeiras could have had a better match, more talent, better, stronger defense. It's just Fluminense, the way they play, man. They played literally into the hands of City. The way Fluminense play is go ahead, score against us. We're going to score more than you. We're going to score four or five, and they couldn't get one. So it was it was a wrap before it started. You were absolutely right. It was going to be four nil, five nil, and and by God, somebody bet it, and they probably won a ton of money. Yeah, that was easy. I mean, when Alvarez scored in the first forty seconds, I said, "Dude, this is over." I think I might have started getting ready, dude. I didn't. See, even that know. to me, that to me was the hungry, you know, a hungry Manchester City, City because we yeah. talk about like how. You know, they've won the Premier League title the last uh, three seasons, I believe, since Liverpool won it in 2019, 2020. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, the hunger for the league is, it doesn't seem to be there this year, but like Champions League last year, they wanted to eat finally. They wanted, they were hungry, very, very hungry. And so you get, Fluminense, of course, yeah, there's a massive money gap. They don't have nearly the talent that City does, nearly the depth that City does, and certainly, not on the managerial status of Pep Guardiola, and those all all those advantages take dis, or disadvantages taken into account. Fluminense is going to need a miracle 
uh, nil-nil draw and then to hopefully win on penalties if they if they have any chance at all. City scores a less than a minute out the gate and it's over. I mean, and and that yeah. point they're hungry. They're like they're they're relentless and they come after you. So once they once they kind of solidified the pace of the match, it was over. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Yeah, Fluminense they didn't stand a chance. It, if that city was the the city playing all season in Premier League, they would, you know, they'd they'd have like sixty points right now. It'd be ridiculous. So, yeah, not not that eventful final. I mean, the third place match was a freaking better than the final. I mean, uh, uh, Cairo beat Yurwa like three to two in a freaking crazy gold flooded match. So. Uh, that was a little bit more exciting than watching City drop four because City, I think they City was only up two nil, I think until like the ninetieth, and then they got two late goals to just stretch that scoreline out. So it was a little closer than than they made it seem, but you know four nil and and it, it was lights out. I'm telling you, after forty seconds, that match was done. Yeah, and it's a shame because yeah, um, you wanted to see more. Yeah, I wanted to see more out of it, you know, especially from a South American side, but you know. Yeah, City gets the big gold patch, and they get to wear that for at least a year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, congratulations to them. That was a uh, definitely a statement win in terms of uh, making a statement. As in, we're yeah. you know we're, we're hungry, we're still very dangerous. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see um, what happens with this tournament in the future and the possible expansion. What they're talking about, it expanding is big. It. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's already it's happening next next year. If yeah, I'm not so that's mistaken. that's going to be. I think that's going to put an interesting twist on it, and maybe put some more, some more competition in it. I mean, dude, this is what I this is what I dream of. I mean, this is like Champions League qualification. I get to see these teams that I watch at seven p.m. at night, like like Fluminense or Gremio. I get to see them play against Man City, and you know. Uh, Inter Milan and whoever. I mean, this is this is a dream of mine. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, right now it sounds great too, being that I have absolutely nothing to watch at nighttime. I mean, I've I I literally checked on the Brown score and the NFL game for the first time I think in in a year. So that that says it all. How much I miss my South American stuff. So yeah, next season of FIFA World, World Club World Cup will be very exciting. We get extra games and more teams. So. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. And with that, we have come to the end of the football discussion in terms of what's going on this week and what happened in the past week. What we are going to do a little fun here to close out 2023. Uh, Nick and I have compiled our, basically our, our, our top selections in five different categories. So this is all for calendar year 2023. So this from last January to this December. So we've got your, the top, the best, the best will stock down in this order, but we'll, we'll basically say with the five categories, best, the player of the year, the manager of the year, the club of the year, our biggest disappointment and our biggest surprise. So, Without further ado, let's do this. It was a fun exercise. I got my top five. I know Nick's got his. I'm going to let you do the honors, Nick. We're going to start out with your biggest surprise for 2023. Who's your biggest surprise or what is your biggest surprise for 2023 oh, I mean, you, in European you, football? You can guess this. Do you want to 
Do you want to give it a guess? I'm going to say it's Leverkusen. 100%. Okay. Hands down. (laughs) And and if you're a football fan and listening to this and you don't agree that it could be the biggest surprise, you're crazy because that single-handedly has got me back into the German first tier as a good as a fan like i used to be preferably watching munich 1860 versus uh hell or something like i <laughs> hell schlager yeah I, that sounds like a, a that sounds yeah. like a, 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 a like a world war ii german tank name or something yeah. the hell the hell schlager so i would much rather watch that than i used to want to watch Freaking Leverkusen versus versus uh, Bayern Munich because what, what, what league? What, where does Hellschlager play right now? They 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 in the German fifth tier. They're currently in regional division. Yeah, uh, yeah, Regionalliga. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The Hellschlager. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, okay. So yeah, Leverkusen. So my biggest surprise of 2023 is honestly to me is Aston Villa. I uh, think this is uh, Leverkusen was definitely up in my top top two or three, and but what Aston Villa been able to do with where they were, a, a, you know, a, a season ago to where they are now, they're consistent winners. They've c- created a system that works for the for for you know for the players under this manager. Uh, it is a, a refreshment to see a team that did this organically. Ollie Watkins has worked his way up into the starting 11, and he's now a major threat at goal scorer. I mean, they look at the ma- the losses that this team has sustained on the transfer market, like, you know, go back going back to Jack Grealish a couple of years ago, and they're able, much like in Brighton fashion, to reload and somehow either stay the same or get stronger. In Aston Villa's case, it's a lot stronger this past weekend, we already talked about it before, had a chance to go top of the table in terms of points, level with Liverpool at 42, but behind on goal differential. Nonetheless, they obviously blew the 2-0 lead at Man United, but it was at Old Trafford. They are, uh, Aston Villa have a pretty favorable schedule coming up here soon, and they get the rematch with Man United not too far down the road, so they get them at Villa Park. And I just think they're going to have a good second half of the season. And I think yeah. Aston Villa are actually going to finish top four. And we're going to get a Champions League side that is so deserving of it. So, so deserving of it. Because they came, as you said, through the playoff and the championship. They've worked their asses off in the in, in, in the top tier. Steven Gerrard had them nearly relegation. Then Unai Emery comes in. Dracula himself from Transylvania. Yeah. And... I think what he's done is is nothing short of remarkable. Aston Villa is my biggest surprise for 2023. So Absolutely. with the biggest surprise, Nick, we go to biggest disappointment. Who is your 2023? I got mine. We might actually have the same answer, but we'll see. Who is your who is your and this can be club, so everybody knows this can be a club, a manager, yeah. or an individual player. Or an event just in, in, in football in general. Like if you said, well, I thought the FIFA World Club Club World Cup sucked. Um what is what what is what entity is your biggest disappointment for twenty twenty three? You know, it's <laughs> it's funny because there's you, I, I think 
I think you're thinking I I either you're probably thinking I would think Man United, right? No, I don't. I don't okay. think that. Okay, so that wasn't it at all. That did not know. Absolutely not. So your next guess would be Chelsea. No, it would wow. not. Wow. Okay, nope. so so okay. There's so, only one choice for biggest disappointment of 2023, and I, and know, I got them. But you got to tell me yours. Okay, so so I will say, for me personally, yeah, being, for you personally, being, yeah, being that I have fans around me, I've 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 liked the club, like I like Liverpool. This isn't a club I hate. I have to say Chelsea, man. I have to say Chelsea because okay. I expected a lot. I respect that. Yeah. I told you that I've expected them to be top six, like fighting for something, and they have completely shat the bed. Um, Pochettino, <laughs> yeah. Pochettino is looking lost. Uh, they won today or yesterday. Hey, and Nick Cuckoo's back. And Cuckoo's back. He is. And they have won uh, with him back, I think, yet. Yeah. I think they won two in a row with them back. But anyways, they still need so much. Jackson uh, is not the answer. He cannot finish. Sterling. What did you always say? He's got the uh, third most offsides in the yeah. Premier League Yeah, he actually does. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Jackson has, has top three for offsides. Missed chances. Chelsea's top three. I think I saw that. I might not have said it, but I know I remember correctly. They miss a lot. So my biggest disappointment has to be Chelsea. I expected a lot more. Now I I think I know where you were going. Now that I think about it a little bit, but I I'm I got to hear yours. Okay, my biggest disappointment of 2023 is without a shadow of doubt is Borussia Dortmund. Okay, okay, I okay. thought it was their daddy. Okay, nope. Um, Dortmund had the chance to dethrone Bayern and and break their 10 yeah. year stranglehold win streak on the Bundesliga. They yeah. had the lead. On the final match day over Bayern by two points. Yeah. And all they had to do was beat FS File Mines. And that, yeah. and they had a who is basically, uh, and, and I was wrong about this kid. I think he's doing great. I could not be more proud of him. They had a top 10 European player on their roster. And benched him for Mainz, that being Jude Bellingham, who they sold to Real Madrid. And Real Madrid's laughing their way all the way to the bank because they're probably going to pay his entire transfer fee on kid sales alone. Yeah. And what they don't sell, the kid's going to make up for because he's well worth it. He's probably worth more than they actually paid for him, now that you think about it. Yeah. I, I was dead wrong about him. He's come out the gates just killing it. and. Yeah. Dortmund had a chance. They could, they, for the first time since Jurgen Klopp was there in the in, in his early days, a club that had Bayern and controlled their own destiny on match day thirty four. And what did Dortmund do with that destiny? They flushed it right down the toilet. Yeah, with 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 a, a, an opponent like Mainz, who you should beat on your worst day. When you have yeah. that much talent on your roster, you have the title. It's within your grasp. And Dortmund, to add injury to insult, they actually finished on points level with Bayern. Yeah. And they lost because of goal differential. 
Yeah. What an agonizing, depressing, sad existence. <laughs> I mean, just any adjective you want to come up with. Yeah. It is just agony. Yeah. And this year it's even worse because I'm predicting, I've already said on the show once, I'll do it again. They're not going to finish top four in Germany. The yeah. Champions League money is going to dry up. Now, even the mid tier players that they would get, like a Sebastian Halle or Thomas Mounier, those kind of players that are kind of either in the middle, like on the downside of their career or just almost at that uh, stage, they're not going to want to sign there because nope. people want to play with those kind of names. They want to play Champions League football. So yep. they'll go play for Stuttgart if they make Champions League because. Yep. That's where you want to be is the Champions League. So Absolutely. that's a massive blow for Dortmund. They are not going to finish top four this season. They had the league in the bag. I mean, in the bag. Yeah. And Reggie Miller choke sign to the throat yeah. against the New York Knicks. That's how bad Borussia Dortmund choked away the 2022-2023 Bundesliga title. They had it right in their grasp yeah. to beat Bayern. And then if Leverkusen come out this season as strong as they are, we potentially get two different league winners in back-to-back seasons, Dortmund and Leverkusen in the Bundesliga, which really reshuffles the deck and makes that league so much more interesting, much yeah. like Italy did when Inter broke Juve's streak. And then you had Milan win it and Napoli win it. And it looks like it's going to go maybe possibly back to Inter this season. So yeah. the Serie A saved themselves. Dortmund did not save us from the empire that is Bayern Munich. Yeah. Nick, without a shadow of a doubt, Dortmund are my biggest disappointment of this. Yeah, no, I, I, they're they're there too because I, I actually believed. So I felt like a complete idiot. We had just met maybe a few months before. Yeah. And you had told me, you're like, dude, what is wrong with you? Why did you take Dortmund? Like, you're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, all they have to do is just, you know, score some goals, you know. Oh yeah, yeah score, just score some, so score some fucking goals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they missed a penalty, and I said, you know what, this guy is absolutely right. BBB is trash, and uh, I agree with you, man. I, that that's up there. Da- Daddy BBB and Chelsea and United are the top four, probably on everyone's plate. So good one, man. I like that one. All right, Nick. Well. Let's move on to our best of. So we're past the disappointment, the surprise. So who is your manager of the year for 2023? Oh, that's e- that's an easy one for me. You already brought them up. I could have said Zabi, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Dracula, man. Dracula yeah. is hands down doing with this club what someone like Ten Hag or, or Seven Hag and Seven Seven Hog Seven Hog. Arteta wish they could do, and they're doing it without spending $7 billion. Um, Stevie G had them in the mud. They were about to go to championship where they would have to fight for their life, and Dracula came in and absolutely turned this club around. I mean, Aston Villa is one of the most exciting clubs we have in Europe, and uh, you can uh, you can give that to Dracula. I mean, Transylvania's finest. <laughs> Yeah, he is indeed Count Dracula. Listen, yes. I'm gonna be boring here and and just double down on what you just said. I absolutely, I, there's, there's, I already told you they're my surprise of the year for 2023. 
So yeah. how can I not say that a manager that was given this 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 dressing room and this roster yeah. in the position that he was given it in has done such a transformation on a club that has no business being in the top four, but yet here they are. And I I, I think this is one of the best managerial jobs we've seen in over a decade. I think I, the Unai Emery, if you didn't think he was the real deal at Sevilla and you thought that he was dog shit at Arsenal, you got to give the man his due here because he doesn't have the talent he had at Arsenal by a long shot and he doesn't have the talent he had at Sevilla by a long shot. Aston Villa is his crown jewel. It is his defining moment, yep. and if he can actually get this this team across the finish line in a Champions League spot, he can crown himself Manager of the Year because that this is this is an amazing accomplishment what he's done with oh, this with, with this club. Yeah, yeah, this will never be forgotten. I mean, Dracula, what he's done is right. is, is amazing. So I I agree with you that it's not boring at all either because he hands down if he doesn't win Manager of the Year and they keep doing this good. I'm I'm gonna have a have a chat with the Premier League officials, you know. Yeah, well, for sure. So uh, before we get before we get on to the final award, we have the penultimate award, which is who is your club of the year for 2023. So I I, I mean I know this is gonna be kind of kind of I guess n- not normal, but. I, I thought about this man, and I'm not the biggest fan of oil, money, and terrorists. But for City to finally eclipse that Champions League, I, I have to just give it to them, man. That that did enough when you when you have seen them crumble to a team like Lyon and a team like Tottenham and and whatnot. You you got to give it to them. They did it. They won the Champions League. They just won the FIFA Club World Cup. They did it, so I, I had to give it to them, man. They 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 finally jumped that that bridge, and uh, I'll give it to them. Club of the year has to be City in my eyes. I don't know where else to go with it um, to win Champions League and 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 uh, finally get that off of Pep's back. I had to give it to them. Yeah, I mean, so to be completely boring again you and i both picked the same team and it pains yeah. me to do it I, I i don't want to do it but to win the third consecutive their third consecutive premier league title to win domestic trophies to win the champions league and then to win the fifa club world cup i mean they yeah. basically what they hit the quadruple or the quintuple yeah. or whatever the hell yeah. it is they did i, I mean it, it, it's silly I, yeah, I mean, you can buy a team, you can buy a team, but you know, as you can see with Chelsea, as you can see, yeah, United, Manchester United, yeah, you yeah. can buy a team, but it doesn't always work out that way because you need someone that can make them gel, that brings the whole thing together as a nice, nice firm sandwich, and you know, Pep is he, Pep is able to manage the egos, he's able to manage the expectations. And yeah, for finally getting over that hump, I, I, I'll tell you it took him far too long. I oh, thought, yeah. he, you know, with the money and resources he's had, he should have done it three or four years ago. Oh, he was in God. a final against Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel that he should have yeah. blown them away. And somehow oh. that terrible Chelsea side became champions of Europe because, yeah. uh, 
they got the I mean they got hot in the Champions League at the right time. Yeah. And then in the final, Manchester City shit the bed completely. So yeah. I'm you know whether I think it was to happen sooner or later, criticism aside, you know, again, giving the devil its due, Man City to me is the club of the year simply because of what they accomplished and yeah. basically I would say getting exercising all of their previous demons. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean we great minds think alike, dude. I mean you you gotta yeah. you gotta, you gotta think. I mean you knew you probably knew some of our choices would be similar. I mean we talk a lot well, about for these. Football. Yeah, now I I think we're gonna differ on player of the year, but oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So so but yeah, I mean with as far as like club and manager, I mean yeah, I I I thought I I knew you and I would pick the same manager. Yeah. I didn't know about club, but I mean, it's if you look at the look at the numbers, it's it's pretty easy. But yeah. manager, I was I was fairly sure because we mentioned them. We've been talking about Villa a lot in the last three weeks. On a very positive note, despite the fluke loss here at United over the weekend, they've been doing you know extraordinarily well. And yeah, I mean, surprise and disappointment, I think would be different. But now. We're coming to the final one, and let's see if you and I pick different 2023 players of the year. I mean, I feel like uh, I feel, I already know you don't you didn't pick my guy. I mean, my guy, my guy uh, is probably the quintessential, the number one pick. But I, I just I can't not pick him because people were saying he wasn't going to be able to do it in England, and. The guy is a gold machine. I mean, we call him the mutant for a reason. Because he scores goals. He does he does what he was created to do in the laboratory in in Norway. And and this is what he's doing. And I gotta give him his credit, man. I gotta go with Erland Holland. And uh yeah, man. I mean, the numbers of goals he scored, what, 60, 50-something. Um, yeah. He was actually – he was hurt for the last month or two months, and he already he still had 50 goals in this calendar year, and it took Ronaldo like a hat trick in Saudi to beat him. So I, I just – I have to give it up to him, man. I could really get crazy and think of like a Brazilian in Serie A – in Brazil or an Argentinian playing for a racing club. Uh, but I kept it simple. I'm going to go with the public and, and I have to say Erlen Holland, man, he's just, he's doing what people didn't think he could do. Uh, you had people saying he wasn't going to score as many as he did. And it blew a lot of people out of the water with what he, what he was able to do. Now yours is what I'm curious to see, because if you didn't pick him, I'm trying to think of who you picked. So, I actually mine might surprise a lot of people, but for my twenty twenty three footballer of the year, I picked Killian Mbappe. Okay, and I'll, tell, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Yeah, because if you look at it, so he's a megastar. He was basically forged by the World Cup. He had what his his uh base his hat World Cup final hat trick is the stuff of legends. Yeah, and despite, so and he, you know he's he's a soap opera character, and the fact between PSG and Real Madrid, that kind of uh, psychodrama is is being played out. But here's the thing: 
he is most he's one of the most clinical strikers and finishers and clutch finishers that I've ever seen. He's fat, he has pace that will is blinding and he has a range of shooting like nobody else. Yeah. And I'm saying this, he can he can strike the ball on the run or he can strike from a dead standing start. He finesse corners, drill the high ball rising into the roof of the net. If if Kylian Mbappe is on your side of the pitch, you're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. So I think that I think he is a he's a he's a generational talent. I yeah. think that somebody like him, he he's basically dragging PSG, dragging and screaming and clawing behind him. He's not going to let them not win the league. Uh, he's 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 determined to win that before he makes his next career decision, wherever he's going to go. But the guy is a winner. He won at Monaco. He won yeah. with the French national team. And, you know, he he's he's won with PSG. He's, I mean, so I just think that if you're – I love it, the, the fact that, like, if he's anywhere around the ball in the box – it's it, it could be a potential goal because he yeah. can literally put it anywhere he wants to yeah. at a velocity and a height or speed yeah. or pre- with precision. Yeah. It's just it, he's a clinical finisher, and I think he's the deadliest player in attacking football in in this in this this current era. Yeah, yeah he's like Roger Clemens, dude. You know, he yeah. could put it, he could put the ball anywhere. He could slow it down, speed it up, spin it pull it, this, that. He's a clinical finisher. I mean, yeah. I agree with you, man. It was down to those couple guys, and, uh, I mean, you just – you have to give it to him. And and the way he's been doing it for as long as he has, I mean, the guy can go to any club on this planet and change that club and make them a contender. I don't care who you are or what's going on. Uh, Mbappe can do that. And what he did in that World Cup final, it's crazy because I remember waking up. Jennifer was watching it because I was sleeping for the first half. And I get up and I'm watching it and I just see Mbappe take over and just absolutely destroy that final. And I was, I couldn't believe it. And that alone says a lot about him and what he can do in those big games. I mean, I expect so much out of him when he leaves PSG. I can't wait to see where he goes. Um, The guy's going to bring trophies wherever. So yeah, good one, man. Uh, All of ours have been very close and similar. This is, this was good. Yes, and I want to give out an honorable mention, you know, for 2023, especially in this half of the season, to Jude Bellingham and Vinicius Jr. I think that uh, either one of those players you could see at the top of our list next season, especially Jude Bellingham. I think that he is absolutely on the rise. And, you know, another guy I would mention just because the fact that I think he's – I think he – is in a transitional phase that is going from uh, he's elite Premier League player to absolute club icon. Yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about him in the fact, Nick. You know that I, I I don't like selfish play. I think a lot of times he thinks he has to do more than he has to do. I yeah. think he holds onto the ball sometimes a little bit too too long, and in terms of creating chances i think he tries to create too many of his own chances as opposed to setting his teammates up but he is the reason why 
Liverpool are top of the table right now, and he's got a ton of assists, even though I say he's sometimes selfish. When he does pass it, he passes it with beauty and finesse, and he's got a ton of goals, uh, 12, I think, to be precise. And you know what I'm talking about is Mohamed Salah. So, yeah, you know, that's another one who I would say has gone from just being a scorer to also being an elite setup man. But he could be so much better if he just stopped trying to do so much by himself. Yeah, he's a good facilitator. He is. He's he's he he can take over the the match. And I, I agree with you, man. I, I'm telling you, man. If if some of these passes that Salah makes, if they connected, or if the player who touched them or he was passing to could finish properly, you guys would have six, eight more goals because. I mean, just the last match, we saw him do a perfect assist and somebody missed something. Or the match before, we saw someone skyrocket something. And I'm like, oh, my God, Salah's probably pissed because that was a dime, dude. Yeah, it was uh, Nunez, yeah. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, the guy is serving up dimes, and it's crazy when you see these guys miss. He's like, oh, my God. He has his hands over his face. He's pissed. So, yes, Salah, Salah's up there too, man, uh, big time. Um, I did want your thoughts on one player, and that is, I would I would have put him higher, but Harry Kane obviously I had. Was wait, I was yeah. waiting for you to ask this. Yeah, yeah. So Harry Kane had a great season last year with Spurs. Yeah, and and I would say like I, I demote him. I actually look at it as a negative yeah. that he transferred to Bayern Munich because I'm like your the, the the level of competition is nowhere near in the Bundesliga what yeah. it is in the Premier League. And so with that less opposition or less quality opposition, yeah. you have Harry Kane scoring goals at will now for Bayern Munich, you know, hat tricks and four goals in a game and all this other crap. Yeah. Um his his that that's he's lost a lot of his luster because yeah. if Spurs were in sixth place in the Prem and he had 18 goals, so he was keeping them basically afloat. You say, okay, well, he's still doing this at a very high level against the best competition in the world, but now he's doing it at a high level against clubs that I don't deem – I mean, they're they're basically lower half of the championship or maybe League One worthy. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Bokum and Darmstadt yeah. and these, these, these lower tier – or lower lower tier German sides in the in the in the Bundesliga are just terrible. Yeah, so you know, I, 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 I have to kind of duck a little bit of uh style points, if you will, from Harry, because the 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 competition has certainly gotten easier since last August. Yeah, and you'd you'd think he'd do more than what he's done. So I agree with you, man. Harry Kane's a bit of a disappointment. Me and you said when he went to Bayern Munich that Bayern might not lose a match and Harry Kane will have 30 goals by Christmas. And uh, that's just not the case, man. I mean, they're having a rough time over there. Uh, To me, I feel like it's a Thomas Tuchel problem. I feel like the club is good enough to do better and Harry Kane is better to score more. But – I just feel this managerial stuff going on is just too much, and and I see Thomas leaving, and uh, we'll see what he can do when the reins are released and uh, some things are changed. You know. Yeah, I mean, all in all, though, like we've talked about before, they've only lost 
one match in the league. Yeah. And correct, that right? was a complete and utter just like surprise that they lost. They got absolutely hammered by Frankfurt five to one. Yeah. But that's it's, the only loss the entire season in, in the Bundesliga. And actually yeah. they haven't lost in the champions league either. So the only competition they've lost in this fall is the DFB Pokal. Yeah. I, I, I really can't say that they're having a bad season. It's just that Leverkusen is having a legendary season. Yeah, I agree with you. And 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 you bringing that up just goes to show you, I'm talking about Thomas losing his job, and they do all this, but the expectations at Bayern Munich are so high, it's different than Arsenal, United. Like It's different, man. They will get rid of you if you do not bring in that silverware. And sure, on paper it looks good, but when you watch that team, I just I feel like so much more could happen. Um, Here's the thing, though. I'm gonna say this: say say Leverkusen do pull away in the second half of the season, and Bayern are gonna finish second for the first time since 2011-2012. Um, I believe they're go- they're not gonna make a decision on Thomas Tuchel until Bayern is eliminated from the Champions League. So, okay. If if they come back and win the league against Leverkusen, but they don't win the Champions League, he's still safe because that's okay. title number twelve in a row. Okay. If he loses the league, so let's say Leverkusen has it wrapped up by the middle of May, and they're seven points ahead with three matches to go, they mathematically cannot lose. Okay. So so, or actually, okay. Let me put that. Seven points with two matches to go. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, now they mathematically can't lose. They could drop their last two. Bayern can win the last two, and they still win the league by one. Um, but if Bayern are in the Champions League semifinals or final, yeah, and somehow Tuchel finishes second in the league, but he wins the European Cup, they won't sack him. Okay. No way. You can if you if you, if, if winning a Champions League does not secure your job, then I don't know what we're doing here. Then yeah. either Bayern's lost the plot, they're stupid, they don't know what the hell they're doing, or there's just literally no more loyalty in the sport of football because you val- if you value that crappy Bundesliga title more than the UEFA Champions League, then you're insane. Yeah. I I, I can totally – I understand and I see that. I – I agree. I, I feel like if they don't make the final or semifinal and they lose the title, that he'll be gone. I just – I feel like there's just so much expectation there, man. Yeah. I mean – You have to. You if, have if, to if, win. If, if they, this, this just could be this weird season, what I'm getting at, where Bayern do not win the league, but they win Europe. Yeah. And and that, that, that makes it a freak season, but like – you you can't be the European champions and sack your manager. Like Tuchel no. will get so yeah. so that that's his route to safety, if you will. Yeah, I agree. So either if he wins the league, he's fine. Or if he wins the league and goes deep in the Champions League, he's even more fine. But if he doesn't, if he finishes second to Leverkusen in the league, but he somehow wins Europe or gets Bayern within, like basically to the semifinal and within you know, striking distance, the final, I think you might be safe. Cause like Leverkusen, unless, unless Bayern see 
Javi Alonso as their future manager. So they sacked yeah. Tuchel just with with no trophies to show, no silver yeah, to show. To get him. Yeah, just to get Javi Alonso. So yeah. that could also happen. So yeah, Bayern has has yeah, a lot of lot of moving pieces, right? Yeah, I, I mean, agree with you, man. It's it's just so much, and Bayern Munich is so picky about winning stuff that. If they get a hint of not being able to win it, I mean, they will can you. But I agree with you, man. If they win the the Champions League, there's no way you get rid of them. You just can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. There's no way you there, can justify it. It would be the biggest. It'd be the biggest WTF in the world. Like what did you, what just happened? Right. So yeah, good point, man. But we hell of a year, man. I mean, you're talking about. Some of the craziest bottles, Arsenal bottle in the league, BVB bottle in the league. I mean, we saw some big blunders, and we also saw some big victories, man. We we got to see a lot as football fans, and I think 2024 is going to have a lot more, man. Um, yeah, one of the big wins that comes to mind is Luton Town winning the playoff in the championship and yeah. getting promoted. Yeah, And also – you know, I think one of the biggest disappointments that we talked, we didn't talk about like singular disappointment. We're talking about uh, Dortmund not winning the league and, um, you know, that kind of thing. But like Santos getting relegated in Brazil yep. after yep. 111 years in the, in, in, in the uh, top tier, that, that's a, that's a major storyline, you know I mean? Yeah, like people, people can't put that into perspective sometimes because you don't live in Brazil, but football is life down there. And it's, I mean that that's a that's a that's a big blow to a big club that's been yeah yeah that town was flipped upside down man I mean it's still in the news I told you today before I got ready for work man they're selling everybody and um, the juniors cup for Brazil is coming up where you get to see a lot of these youngsters and I can't wait to see how Santos does because they're gonna have to have these kids playing for their club next season in Serie B and they might be stuck in there like Cruzario was for two or three seasons. And it's going to be hard for Santos, man. It's going to be hard. Uh, I, I'm i going to be watching it. I've always watched Serie B. I love it. It's like my German second tier uh, football and third tier football. I always keep up with it because it's some of the best football you'll see um, because these guys fight for stuff and, and, and whatnot. But I can't wait to see how Santos turns it around, man. Do they get? Do they? Do they change it up and get these youngsters? Do they spend some money and get some old Brazilians in? Like, what do they do to to get this team over that hump? Um, it's going to be really good, really good to see. I want to say before we close out, uh, in the championship right now, you got Leicester City and Ip- Ipswich at the mm-hmm. top. Yeah, Ipswich gets promoted. I'm telling you, man. I, I'm saying it on on the show now. I will buy a kit. I got to get me a Ipswich kit. I've been watching this team in League One. I don't know if they made it to League Two, but I cannot believe they are sitting in second place right now and with a possibility to play against teams like Liverpool. I don't remember when they were good 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago they had a really good squad, yeah. I, I don't remember that. So for me to see this is really big. So from Santos' disappointment to relegation to Ipswich promotion, I would love to see that happen. You know, on a low-key note, I want to say one of the bigger disappointments for me is the continued uh, relegation of Hamburger Esfau. And I think yeah. Hamburg is, you know, they finished 
in the top half of the second Bundesliga ever since they got back in. But these third place finishes and these playoff blunders and then dropping out of the top three into the fourth place position at the last second of the season. And it's just, you know, from going from being the longest tenured first tier team in, in the Bundesliga's history to now being in the second tier now for half a decade, basically. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a disappointment because the resources are there. They're the second biggest city in Germany behind Berlin. They, they have a massive uh, uh, club and supporters base and they're one of the biggest, one of the biggest clubs in, in, in Germany and one of the most historic they've won the Bundesliga. They've won European cups and to see them, I mean, Kaiser Slaughter is one thing in, in 1860 Munich or, or Nuremberg, but like Hamburg is just with it was, was, was a big deal, you know, at one yeah. time. And yeah, so I, I think that, you know, from looking at like a, like a second tier, they are one of the biggest disappointments because they should and could get promoted, but they simply can't stop shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, they can't stop getting third place, which they currently sit in, and they're only uh, down there by two points. But St. Pauli and Kiel uh, are holding strong. And, I mean, Hamburg Stadium being able to hold 60,000, you would think that they would be able to perform better. And it's funny, they they get more attendance in the second tier of Germany than they do in La Liga. Yeah. And yet, Hamburg still can't seem to get out of this third place spot where mind you, they would end up playing someone like what Darmstadt or uh, uh, Werder Berman, somebody like that. And then they're going to end up getting beat because they don't have the squad to get out of that playoff aggregate. And we see them stuck in the second tier again and again and again, when they played Stuttgart, you told me, Nick Hamburg's done. Don't yeah. even think about it. Sure, they, you know, 2 1. I was like, ah, look at there. Yay. And you're like, nope, Nick, it's over. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. very, very happy about that. Yep. You were spot on. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. That's a disappointment that we could do for like a decade disappointment, dude. They are just every year third place, third place, third place, lost, lost. We follow a guy on Twitter who got a freaking. <laughs> Ten thousand uh, dollar grill, yeah, yeah, place for for him in Europe, and it's like, dude, your club it can't get out of the second tier, man. I don't know to be happy for you that you got a ten thousand dollar furnace, or to be sad for you, you know? Yeah, sad, sad, sad yeah. for him for sure, because that's a a lot of money spent on a lot of losers. But uh, uh, real quick, you. Nick, uh, yeah. honorable mentions for manager of the year: Xavi Alonso for Leverkusen, obviously. Yeah. And I wanted to say for, um, you know, him, I think that what he's done at Leverkusen is nothing short of amazing. But I would say if you look at the talent, like Leverkusen has a lot of talent in comparison to the rest of the Bundesliga sides. Aston Villa does not. No. They, they are not the most talented. They're not top five talent by any means in England. And the fact yeah. that they're in third place is saying a lot. Leverkusen are a top five talent side in Germany. They yeah. should be in the top four, top five. So, yeah. but Javi Alonso is taking David them to Dracula. A whole, yeah, David yeah. Javi Alonso is taking them to a whole different level. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm telling you, he's going to be the most sought after manager here coming up real soon, and uh, Leverkusen will be lucky to keep their hands on. And, him. and 
the same with half their team. So yeah, for half their team, yeah, Boniface probably gone. Yeah, works. Uh, Florian gone. Beards is probably gone. But hey, yeah. so surprise of the year, we can't. I don't feel like we can close the show out without talking about Girona because they, yeah. they, they're they're joint first with Real Madrid in La Liga at the midway point of the season. Yeah. Who would have thought that? I mean, it, it's no what what th- th- again. This is a club that was facing relegation. They've been in the second tier for almost their entire existence. And yeah. now they're up there with the big boys. They're ahead of Barcelona. They're ahead of yeah. Atleti. They're yeah. level on points with Real Madrid. And they're taking the fight to them. They they have, what, one yeah. loss, which is yeah. to Real Madrid the whole just season. Real. They beat Barca. They beat yeah. Barca just a few weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, they're Girona. You have to mention them, like, right? It's yeah. a surprise. Time. Yeah, I remember right behind me is my couch, and uh, I watched them in the playoff against, I think, it, like Levante or Real Volcano, and they were fighting to get to the first tier, and here it is. They have one of the best and most talented sides in Europe. I mean, I can't wait to see them in Champions League because they're not going to blow that. They'll get Champions League. Now, if they win the title, we don't know. But I completely agree with you, man. Um, for a team that – Hasn't spent a lot, but they have the backing of the city group. They're doing very well. They got good young talent. They scout. They got a Ukrainian who I love. They got a Brazilian who I love who who that guys went out and scouted these people, and no one thought to give them a chance, and look how good they're doing. I mean, they're so exciting to watch too. I mean, they got to be averaging two, three goals a match. It's, it's, it's actually – I'm surprised we didn't talk about them a little bit earlier because we yeah. we love Yorona and and we yeah closing out bringing them up is something we had to do. They they are by far one of the biggest you know surprises of this season. And by God, I hope they keep it because a team like Yorona could end up doing like like Leipzig does and or Salzburg and giving away their players. But I feel like Yorona now. I think we talked about this a little bit. Girona, they they got to hold on to these guys, and they got to get that Champions League spot, and they got to fight for that title instead of just letting guys go. So I'm looking for these guys to stay, and uh, yeah, I, I I honestly hope they win the league. Could you imagine? Mm, yeah, no, actually, I can't. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what it feels like for yeah, somebody outside the top. We of the haven't league, seen so. it. We haven't seen it since the er, was it early two thousands. It was Athleti or something. Yeah, it was uh, Valencia. Yeah, Valencia. Yeah, we talked about it. It's been yeah. almost thirty years. So, dude. I mean, Atleti's in the top three in the big three. It's Atleti, yeah. Real, and Barcelona. And outside those three, no one has won it since yeah. Valencia in two thousand three, yeah, which was a, a long time ago. So, yeah, I honorable hope- mention for for disappointment of the year. I'm gonna. I mean, uh, is me picking your choice actually for disappointment of the year, which is Chelsea. I think that yeah. for the money they've spent and yeah. for the return on investment they've gotten, yeah. um, it's just a massive, massive underachievement. Especially yeah. when you have a guy in there like Pochettino that's credited for the Spurs success for the past, yeah. you know, better part of the past decade. Um, yeah, really big disappointment. Tons big. of money spent, tons of players bought. These players were not garbage. They were very good for their former clubs. And yeah. they've either come in, gotten injured, come in, haven't picked up the system, or come in and just floundered for whatever reason. 
Yeah. And it just hasn't worked out. They're they're you know, Chelsea are just you know, I they're they're they're, they're lost in the woods. Yeah. I mean they these players are signed to Suge Knight contracts too. You can't get rid of these guys. They're signed to eight years, ten years, seven years. So I don't know if Suge Knight was signing people to the eight yeah. year contracts. Yeah, de- death row death row records, baby. That's that's what uh that's what they're calling Chelsea's contracts, man. Death well, row. They, they were Suge Knight was signing somebody the eight year contract. Yeah, Tupac, bro. He signed Tupac and said you're never getting out of death row. And okay. Well, well, he didn't. That's for sure. No, he, 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 yeah, he, he, so, so that's why that's, it's funny. Cause I, I get, you know, talking on YouTube and, and, uh, doing my comments on all the apps and stuff. People just call it Suge Knight contracts. And, uh, uh, it's hilarious. Cause he's right. Like you couldn't get out of a Suge Knight contract. You were just listening to old school rap. Now, Dr. Dre, remember all that stuff he went through to get out of death row. Snoop Dogg was held down for a decade like he had to basically you know beg master p to sign him like that's what chelsea's doing they're signing these guys to 10-year contracts and then they're they're dog crap and now they're stuck so we're i'm telling you if chelsea spends 100 million in this january window i i'm gonna i'm gonna go apply for a job and and ask chelsea if they'll just <laughs> pay me 10 million to go to brazil and sign get some players for them i might as well yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah, I agree. I mean, my yeah, hiring, it's, man. It's, I, I, I don't know how much more money you can spend and not get results than what exactly. Chelsea done. Yeah, I could do a better job when I watch this under twenty Brazil tournament starting next week. I'm telling you, I could find him a striker to finish. Yeah. Well, Nick, yep. Nick said um, Liverpool Newcastle coming up on January first, New Year's Day. That's the big match in the Premier League. And in terms of Serie A tomorrow, as you said, yeah, uh, we have Napoli playing Monza. That's you know Napoli got to break that streak. Again, a lot is playing Inter. Yeah. So Inter, can they keep it rolling? Lazio play Frosinone. That's uh, pretty interesting. For that could be an interesting European matchup as far as like yeah. who finishes in the European places. But without a shadow of a doubt, the match of the week is going to be Juventus hosting Roma. So yeah. That's oh, a that's a big one to watch. That's uh three three o'clock or two forty five on Saturday okay. Eastern time. Uh Juventus hosting AS Roma and that's Allegri versus Mourinho should be yeah. a, again, I I expect this to either be a draw or for zero zero. Yeah, or one for zero. Juventus yep. Juventus to pull it out one nil or two one. Yeah. God, if there's three goals in that game, hell will freeze over. Uh, Satan will come out and beg for some freaking uh, a match or something to start his fire back up because I don't see many goals happening. That, yeah, that well, that'll that'll be a good one Saturday. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't and the only that. other game, I mean, like uh, that I'm going to predict here because it is the big game of the of the weekend. Um, I'll pick Liverpool and Newcastle, and I think unfortunately. I'm going to actually pick a draw on this one. I think Liverpool and Newcastle draw 1-1. And I think that um, Isak scores for Newcastle. And I like Diogo Jota to score for Liverpool. So 1-1 is how that will end. I can't. That's your fan. That's you. 
that's you being your fan self. I <laughs> Newcastle's so bad, dude. If Liverpool, I know they haven't been scoring much. I'm going to say two or three nil. I, I think they're going to shut them down. I don't think Newcastle. Newcastle has a hard time scoring against teams like Jason Bournemouth and uh, you know uh, all those teams. So there's just no. Uh, I'm sorry. I think you're you're just doubting your boys. I see two nil or three nil. Liverpool, 100%. I mean, I hope you're right. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no, I know. I know you do. And I know I know how you are. Believe me, I've, I've learned. I don't I don't expect you to pick. I, well, no, you do. You usually pick them pretty close. I just, I feel like because this is your team and you know how they are, you don't expect them to always get the wins. But I just think Newcastle's so bad and they're on such a drop that, Liverpool will take advantage of this at Anfield, and we're finally going to get to see some goals, two or three nil. I don't think Newcastle will score. I hope you're right. I hope you're yeah. right. All right, well, Nick, um, this is the end of the road. The basement is about to close shop, and yeah, I have to say, like, do you do you have any New Year's plans? What are you doing for New Year's? No, I'll be uh, be with with family, and uh, yeah, I'll be gearing up for this. It's it's so crazy, man. This is one of my favorite times because I absolutely love this Brazilian kids tournament. People can laugh at me all they want, but my day will be full, filled with Brazilian kids. Uh, I will be watching some Brazilian football on New Year's New Year's Day and the day after New Year's. So yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'll be doing. I mean, I'll be watching the adults too, of course. But I actually look forward to this January tournament because it's very exciting and I get to see up and coming players. So yeah. Well, great. Yeah, man, that's a good way to spend the New Year's is watching the next uh generation of talent. So uh yeah. but hey, from from myself, uh Nick, I know you'll say it, but I want to Thank everybody for the support they've given us this year. Um, yeah, we, we feel the love and, you know, multiple different countries, continents, everything. I yeah. mean, Mongolia, we have listeners of Mongolia. Yeah, so crazy. I think that's great. And uh, we want to wish everyone a uh, happy 2024, happy new year. And we look forward to talking to you all again next year. And uh, Nick, I'm going to let you close this out, buddy. Yeah, I want to say, everyone, Happy New Year. Thanks for the support. And uh, I'm going to say, Charleston 2024, we are coming for you. We are going to – this will be the football podcast for all people on the globe. But 2024 is my and Critty's year to come after the Charleston audience. Absolutely. So so be ready, guys. We love you all. Be ready, be ready, Holy City. We're coming for you. Yeah, we're coming. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. All right. Happy New Year, guys.